Hey everyone, welcome to the nitty gritty of real estate. We are on episode, believe it or not, 39. And today's episode is about loan types and why they exist. So why don't we get into it? Hey, welcome back everyone. Tom Krieger here with the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate and I'm here with Sienna again from Guild Mortgage. And today we are gonna talk about loan types and why do these certain types of loans exist? You know, what was the reason behind them? How can they benefit the general public? And really Sienna, can you skip one and use another one for you know, so for your benefit, uh, there are some that, you know, you want to stay away from because the requirements are too heavy, you know, so let's, if you, you know, if you don't mind, I don't mind, let's get into it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. So the first loan type that we hear out there is something called Freddie Mac. Mm -hmm. So tell me what a Freddie Mac loan is. So Freddie and Fannie are both conventional loan types. Um, so they were, you know, they're, they're the original financing before FHA, before USDA, before VA. So they were just the, they're, they're the OG, right? Okay. Um, there's guideline differences between Fannie and Freddie, but for the most part, they're essentially, they're both conventional. They're both the same. Um, they just have a little bit of differences with, with certain things. So with Freddie, something may be a little bit more lenient than it is with Fannie. So depending on your situation may direct us to go that way versus Fannie and vice versa. So, so what would you, what would be, you know, you said there's a little bit of difference. Give me an example. What would Freddie want that Fannie wouldn't? And then what would Fannie want that Freddie wouldn't? So sometimes I, I'd say the most common um, example or the, the most the most common reason to switch to Freddie versus Fannie or go Freddie versus Fannie would be for like a self-employed borrower. Okay. Um, so like so, me, I'm yeah, a self-employed exactly. real estate agent. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit more lenient on self-employed um, income and how it's calculated and how long it has to be going on. And, and so it, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say more lenient, but it's more workable and, but I go fanny plenty of times with self-employed borrowers too. Okay. So it just kind of depends, you know, you, and, and also rates sometimes have, have a play in it. So depending on where the, the market is for Fannie versus Freddie that day, in most cases, it's not going to make a significant difference to most borrowers going Fannie versus Freddie. Um, but like delayed financing is something that's, that's a Fannie thing. Right. So if you're buying a house with cash and then you want to turn around and refinance it, delayed financing means you're allowed to finance it for the new appraised value within six months, whereas you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't buy it with cash. So um, would you use a loan like that? And, you know, we're in such a competitive market right now. Right. right. So people don't want to take people with financing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could go in if you had the cash, buy it in cash to get, you know, to be put ahead of totally. everybody else. And then later on, go back to Freddie or Fanny. Um, Fanny. Fanny <laughs> and say, hey, look, at, I want to now pull my, you know, at least 80% out, right? And so I have that money because I want to put it in the bond market or whatever, right? Yep. So it could uh, so it could serve that purpose. For sure, for okay. sure. And it's, it's a like there's delayed financing. There's also like the family opportunity loan that's a Fanny loan that allows a... Um, person to 
buy for like their child okay. or their parents, like elderly parents or like children in school, which allows you to buy as a not necessarily a second home or investment property, but you can buy it for your kid or your elderly parents that don't qualify. Um, okay, so if you did that, it, it would save maybe more money on a down payment. It may save like an investor rate versus a standard, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So, but that would have to be, you'd have to qualify for that. It would have to be like my mom and dad where their their social security doesn't make it We have to prove that they don't qualify, yeah. yeah. Okay. So whether it's like credit or income, there has to be documented. So that that's like, there's cool things. Like that's something that puts Fannie separate from Freddie, um, I think. I don't think Freddie has a program like that. I'm pretty okay. sure it's only Fr Fanny, but yeah. I mean, I guess I would have to do a little bit more research. Well, wait till tomorrow because the Fed changes all the time. <laughs> they don't sure they? do. <laughs> they sure do. So let's talk about a USGA or what they call a Ginny Me. Okay, type of so loan. USDA, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so USDA loans were developed for rural communities. So like originally, it was like. Um, rural areas like farm farm towns uh, to help provide affordable housing for those those cities those towns those areas so in Tucson specifically there are or not Tucson Tucson but actually there are some little areas but um, in the Tucson area the greater Tucson area there's yeah. there's a lot of USDA available properties those mean there's no down payment um, they eliminate or not eliminate completely but it helps reduce the risk for the lender because they're guaranteed by the government okay similar um, to a VA very similar okay. to VA, yeah. Except these ones are strictly for rural areas. There's and and there's income restrictions. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces that go into USDA that are very different from Fannie, FHA, and VA. But it's it's a great product. It's a great loan type to have for these rural communities that um, you know need help developing and. People may not have a down payment, but if you're in this area, it really helps you qualify. So I, I, I used to hear the term, they're farmer VA loans, uh -huh. you know, like it's, similar to what a VA would be 100% mm -hmm. down for 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 a regular, um, like a service person, somebody yeah. service, you know, worked in the service. So it allows them for no money down there, usually in rural areas. Like in Tucson, it would probably be out maybe where the cotton fields or the cotton farms are, those types of areas. Yeah, so it changes every time that they do the census. So mm -hmm. they'll they'll change which areas are uh, need more development, right? Okay. Um, and so so yeah, it may not necessarily be where the cotton is, but there's it's where we can look. You can look up the map and you can see yeah. little like boxes of areas that are. So USDA. part of so part of it is designed to basically stimulate development too. For sure. So it helps. It helps the farmers or people in those areas, but it also is designed to stimulate that area. So that stimulate really the economy, was the, yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about an FHA loan, sure. which is, you know, everybody talks about FHA. And, and I know in this business that sometimes FHAs can be great loans and sometimes they can be peeing in the backside. So let's talk to me about the benefits of an FHA loan and then talk to me about some of the um, restrictions. I'm going to use that term. 
Okay. In, in regards to like flipping yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So um, FHA was developed also to help lower income families. Uh, so it's it's generally, I think, classified as like the classic first time home buyers okay. program, right? Loan type because it's a minimum down payment. It's three and a half percent required down payment. Um, and that's across the board with every FHA loan. The minimum is three and a half percent down. There is a, a zero down but it's really like a bond program where you're borrowing the three and a half percent for your down payment. So it's, I mean, FHA across the board is three and a half percent down. Um, so it's, it's, it's funny because it's more lenient, but it's also a little bit stricter at the same time. So you've got the anti-flip rule. So if a property, the current owner hasn't owned it for 90 days or more, then FHA, you can't qualify that property for FHA. Um, FHA is also kind of cool or cool or sometimes not cool because the appraisal follows the property. So if one person goes into contracts on this house and they get an appraisal and the appraisal comes in low, that same appraisal, the next person that comes in, if they're FHA, they use that appraisal. So they don't get the opportunity to reappraise the property for a higher value if both loan types are FHA. So so in that scenario, um, if you're looking to buy a house that, came, let's say, came back on the market, real estate market, um, your agent should contact the other agent and say, why did this come back on the market? And if you hear, well, it didn't appraise, your agent should go, okay, well, my buyer's an FHA buyer. There's no sense in wasting our time here because they weren't willing to adjust their price down to meet the appraisal, right? Right. So that's where the real estate agent has to be a little smart in that aspect of it too. Or know what kind of loan type it was previously because if it... Maybe it was a conventional appraisal that appraised low. And then, so then there's another opportunity to do a reappraisal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. But most of the time, I'd say when that happens, the listing agent, and you would probably know better than me, but I feel like most of the time they relist it and say, like, no, no, no FHA, FHA because yeah, they, they should, already know. Yeah. So the listing agent, like myself, would look out for the best interest of the seller and say, look at you. You know, we can't put FHA in here because we're just going to bring buyers in here. They're going to get upset. Right. Let's let's treat the public fairly. Right. right? Okay. Um, so so with FHA, there's more. It has to be owner occupied. There's no there's no option for non owner occupied unless it's like a three plex and you're going to live. You have to occupy part of the residence. So okay. FHA is only designed for primary residents. It is not designed for anything other than primary, which is the same with USDA and VA and FHA. So all of these government programs, that's what they're designed for is to help stimulate like, you know, growth with, um, maybe lower income, not necessarily lower income, but maybe lower income, first time home buyers. Maybe you don't have a big down payment. You don't have a lot of savings. That's what they're designed for. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. So you could buy one of four family unit as long as you live in one of the units and still have an FHA. So for first time home buyers, that might be, hey, look, I'm not going to have my own residence, but 
you know, if I could get a, a duplex, a triplex, or even a four family, those other rents could help me offset the mortgage yeah. payment. And in some some cases, you could probably live there for free if you think about the rent for being sure. greater I've, I've than the mortgage. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there, you're smart yeah, at that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to VA loans. Yeah, now, yeah. again, these are VA loans, not the farmer VA loans, but <laughs> right. the regular military. And my hat's off to everybody who served this country. Absolutely. Me so too. So thank you very much. Um, so let's talk about those VA loans. VA loans are amazing. Um, they are designed for either retired or, you know, veterans or active duty. Um, as long as like you, you're, you have a clean discharge and you're still eligible for your VA benefits, uh, zero down payment, depending on your circumstances, there is a VA funding fee that's part of, and that can be rolled into the loan. Um, but if you're uh, got any kind of military disability, oftentimes that's waived. So there's not even a funding fee. So literally, if you get seller concessions, um, like where the seller is willing to pay, which I think our market might be turning around a little bit yeah. to where that might be an opportunity, right? Yep. Um, again, which is, would be great. But you can come out of pocket with literally no money. I've bought two houses VA with my ex and had zero, like got my earnest money back at closing. Okay. Um, and so that's, it's really cool. And then there's also, you can put a down payment and if you put a down payment, it could reduce your funding fee that you have to pay as well. So a VA is awesome. I think it's a great loan program. I may be a little bit biased to it because I've taken advantage of it a couple <laughs> of times, but, and I really like, um, I really like originating them uh, and I like being able to help military. I mean, I like helping everybody, but right. for some reason, I don't know, VA's got like a special spot yeah. in my heart. <laughs> well, you know, the same way our family was, you know, had military in, in our family too. And personal opinion here, um, everyone, I don't think we do enough for our veterans. I agree, 100%. I, I, I think we need to do more for them. So part of the VA, you talked about this funding fee. What is that exactly? So people understand that. So um, VA loans are backed by the government. And so the funding fee is, it's, it's, it's the guarantee. It helps. It's, oh, it's so, so hard to explain. Almost like an insurance it's policy. A, it's, a, it's insurance, right? Okay. So just the same as like you have mortgage insurance on conventional loans if you put down less than 20%. And with FHA, you're going to have mortgage insurance as well and an upfront um, premium. Uh, and, and USDA has their guarantee fee that's part of monthly. Um, so VA just charges it all up front instead of a monthly guarantee. So it's, it's kind of like insurance, but it's not insurance because it's not that loan program where okay. they call it insurance, but it's similar. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so sometimes that's waived if, if they're, if they have disability fr through the military, um, there was something, oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. And so like you said, how we don't do enough for our military right. is right now we're waiving or we're basically crediting back our VA buyers. We're covering their lender fees and their appraisal costs. That's Guild Mortgage Guild is doing mortgage, that. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're doing. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank and you. And I don't know if that. it's all of Guild. I mean, I know for sure, like my region and, and my branch is doing it. We kind of like took the charge on that and was like, we want to do something this Super. way. So at least for the next quarter, we're going to be doing it. So through the end of September, we should be um, doing it. If it's, if it, it may continue even further than that, but it's awesome right now. Okay. It's really cool to be able to just give that credit. So a shameless 
a shameless plug here for, 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 for <laughs> <No> Sienna. <laughs> you can call her if you're a military vet and get your fees paid back. Yeah, okay. For All sure. right. Let's talk about the jumbo loan right now. And these, you know, these jumbo loans, uh, not a lot of people can take advantage of them because they're for big ticket items, but they are out there. Why don't you speak to that before sure. we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So jumbo is designed for anything that's over the conforming amount, which actually changes every year. So whatever doesn't fall within conventional standards, um, which this year is 548250 um, for 2021, at least in our area. It's different in different areas, but most generally that's what it is. Um, and so anything over that loan amount is going to be considered a jumbo loan. And they're designed for that reason. So they don't they're not following Fannie and Freddie guidelines. They each investor kind of has their own guidelines. So like I personally have a whole matrix that puts them out side by side so I can see which one fits my okay. borrower best because um, they're all going to have different. Each each bank is going to have how they want to write their their jumbo loans and what restrictions and overlays they put in place. Okay, so it's $548,250. That's the most amount of money you can borrow with an FHA. No, with conventional. Or with conventional. Okay, so that FHA's doesn't apply to the FHA is, or the VA, Yeah. any of that. So the jumbo loan is a conventional loan for high end. Well, it's not conventional. Okay. It's, it's so it's... See how confusing it is, yeah. folks? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it has its own, it's its own product type. So it's not conventional. It's for anything that's over 548, 250, which is the conventional limit. So FHA's limits are three... Hold on, I wrote it down. 356-250. So 356-250 is the most you can do on an FHA loan. Okay. Um, and then conventional is the 548-250. USDA. I think USDA has the same conventional limits. Um, and then VA, fun little fact, actually doesn't have a maximum loan amount. Um and, and some banks will put an overlay on what their maximum VA loan amount is, but there's no technical max. You just have to do these formulas and make okay. sure it works. So it isn't just plug and play. Sometimes you've got to do a remix, oh, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and so that's my thing is, like you were asking which product, you know, a lot of times my clients will come to me and they'll be like, oh, well, we want an FHA loan. We're a first time home buyer. And then they have great credit. They have a solid down payment. And I'm like, you know, this probably isn't the best loan for you. But if that's what you want to do, here's a comparison. You know, yeah. so it's always going to be their choice. But I'm going to lay out the options, everything that they can qualify for. They're going to know that and then they can evaluate. I'll always make my recommendation. But that choice is theirs. So everyone, that's it from the nitty gritty of real estate here. Uh, next week, episode 40, we're going to be talking about what's happening right now in the real estate market, because there's some things changing. Until then, America, stay safe. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the nitty gritty podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.